Hey girl, you are so amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that part of you. But I get it. I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I've spent the last decade working with women just like you who struggle with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things. Body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body and our health. Whether it's overeating, undereating, overexercise, not moving at all, moving from dieting to the anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess, body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I love talking about food and nutrition because I believe knowledge is power. And when we have knowledge and we know how to navigate that within our own body and our own story, we can be unstoppable. (laughs) If you're looking for more support, please email me at jessbrownrd at gmail.com. And I'd love to be in your corner personally and walk with you on your food freedom journey. Let's stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat so we can finally live free in our own body. Grab that cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes and let's dive in to today's show. What is up, sisters? I am so loving this diet debunking series. And the reason I'm loving it is because I have heard so much feedback. I mean, Gosh, this is apparently a hot topic, and I just want to thank you all so much for listening, for sharing, and for sharing with me how this information helps you. Every single time I hear your feedback, it lights me up, and it really makes my whole day. So I just want to thank you guys so much for doing that. I also want to let you guys know I have been working so hard and putting together an e-course for you guys. I have put my whole process into seven modules and I am so excited to launch it. So I'll be dropping it on April 26th, but if you want to stay in the loop and get on the waitlist now, please shoot me an email at jessbrownrd.com. I'm sorry, jessbrownrd at gmail.com. I would love to get you on the waitlist and hook you up with a bonus. Guys, I want all of you to feel this food freedom and feel empowered in all the food choices you eat. It's why I started this podcast, but I wanted to give you this organized, like systematic method of walking through some of your past struggles with food, recreating and restructuring a healthy relationship with food, and then finding ways to really balance that discipline and permission. So I'm going to bring you guys a special podcast on this in the next couple weeks, but just wanted to let you know if you are interested in that, shoot me an email. I'll get you on the wait list. I cannot wait. Okay, so today we are talking about clean eating. Is it even a thing? I don't know. Is it? I asked you all on social media and I loved your answers. So I'm going to read you some of them. These are great. What is clean eating to you? Unloading the dishwasher and speed cleaning the kitchen for while I wait for the oven to preheat. <laughs> I loved that one at Philology. Not processed foods. Nothing processed. Fruits, veggies, meats, natural food, whole foods, non-processed well, healthy, balanced eating. So lots of non-processed definitions here. Um, Other definitions were 
few ingredients, if only few ingredients, whole foods, occasional ice cream and wine. <laughs> I can get down with that one. <laughs> Eating after I take a shower. <laughs> Some of these are great. Uh, minimal ingredients. Oh, here's a good one. Orthorexia. I'm going to talk about that. Whole foods, washing, quote, washing down cookies with milk, <laughs> only eating half the bag of potato chips instead of the whole bag, eating non-processed foods, limiting sugar, intake from foods, not including fruits, veggies, grains, and nothing processed, no sugar, feels exhausting. What do you notice? Everybody's definition is different. It's so unique. Some are funny. Some are more emotional based, like you know, only eating half the bag of potato chips, or sorry, more behaviorally based. Some are based on the food, like the ingredients, and some just label it orthorexia. The thing about clean eating is, yes, it's a thing, but it's not a defined thing. And one of the things I notice about this word is so many people throw it around, yet it's different to everybody. And to the, you know, healthy, well-established, confident 30-something, Hearing the words clean eating may not really impact you. It may just be like, oh yeah, that's a thing. To a person who has some food insecurity, maybe some body image struggles, maybe coming out of like postpartum, never really felt secure in their body, not really sure how to figure out what's quote healthy or unhealthy, the words clean eating can be really triggering. I see that especially as a word that's triggering to our youth. You take a 15-year-old, male or female, I mean, you're going through puberty. Who remembers that? <laughs> you could not pay me to go back to that. It's such a tough time. You know, you're trying to figure out your own body. And then you got hormones raging. It's just, woof. <laughs> my kids, my kids are babies. So it's like, I'm going to be calling all my therapists when they're teenagers. Because <laughs> it's a hard time for them to navigate personally. And then I just, you know, being on the other side of it, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with it. Anyways. It is a word that if we use in front of someone who maybe isn't quite as grounded, I have seen it be really triggering and promote like this good or bad food list. And I know what some of you are probably thinking, but like Jess, there are some foods that are good and some foods that are bad. And you know, I, I get it. Like, yes, there are some foods that make you feel better and some foods that make your body not feel so great. But the reality is, is when we send this implicit message that there are certain foods that are to be eaten and certain foods that are to not be eaten, I think we're really setting people up. And I want to share a couple stats with you. Number one, there was this large study done that uh, 14 and 15 year olds who were dieting, they found it was a really strong predictor of developing an eating disorder. So those who dieted moderately were five times more likely to develop an eating disorder. And those who practiced extreme restriction were 18 times, 18 times more likely to develop an eating disorder than those who didn't diet. That's crazy. Here's another one, 35 to 50%, 35 to 57% of adolescent girls Engaged in crash dieting, fasting, self-induced vomiting, pills, or laxatives. Ah, I think of all the teenage girls I know, that means almost that 60% of them are engaging in some sort of extreme behavior just to lose weight. And so I do think some of these implicit messages of continued weight loss are, are dangerous and we need to be really careful. So I just want to say, if you are someone that uses the word clean eating, Hello, so am I. <laughs> so I am not calling you out. I'm actually calling me out. 
Um, it's a word. It's easy to access. It explains eating foods with few ingredients. So I get it. I use it. And, you know, to a well-established, confident 30-something or 20-something um, or 40-something, <laughs> wherever you're at when you feel feel that way, yeah, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But to a, you know, off-kilter, slightly insecure um, person who's looking to fix her relationship with food, hearing these words, clean eating, can be really triggering. I mean, what about those 14, 15-year-olds? They're going through puberty. They are not in a state of, like, strong security. Yeah, I mean, they're going to hear those words and think, okay, i got to figure out what that is. And they're not able to, um, unless they've been taught, I mean, they're not able to stand really solid in what's, like, healthful nutrition versus, like, pathological nutrition. And this is where we see the development of something called orthorexia. So this is actually a new proposed eating disorder. So it's not actually in the diagnostic manual, but it's something that is being proposed. And I absolutely think it will become a a diagnosable eating disorder in the near future. But this is, if you haven't heard of orthorexia, it's an obsession with the quality of food being ingested. Um, So like compulsive checking of ingredients levels, anxiety-driven concern about health, like fear of foods that would be not considered, quote, clean. And part of the problem with this is it it's so insidious. Like, it's progressive, and before you know it, you can almost, you can be in a bind where you just don't have anything you can eat. So, for example, I had a client who started doing a nutrition challenge, and, I mean, the nutrition challenge was it was wonderful. It was like promoting health, you know, it was promoting eat your fruits and veggies, you know, eat protein, like the stuff I talk about on here. But she was in this very insecure state. So she took that and she took it to the extreme. And so first it was, I only eat fruits and veggies and I only eat uh, lean proteins. I'm cutting out all grains. I'm cutting out all processed food. And then it morphed kind of farther, like I'm not eating any sugar well, now I'm going to eat only organics. I'm going to eat only things that are non-GMO certified. And then it continued to progress until like, I'm only going to eat things out of my garden, which was really problematic because she didn't grow very much in her garden. And then before you know it, it's developed into anorexia. And I think what's even more difficult is when we bring that extreme, I don't want to say extreme because it's not extreme. I mean, it can be, we can have the best of intentions. Like, you know, we only eat these, we eat these foods that make us feel good. But when we bring in that, like, we only eat, quote, clean foods, and we've got kids in the house, I mean, what are they hearing? What are they hearing about donuts and, and how we should be eating, you know, birthday cake and pizza on Friday night with our friends? What is the implicit message that is given when we are using that kind of language? So if you use the, the term clean eating, again, Hello, I'm in that group, so I am a part of it. Um, I just want to invite me, all of us, to think about when and where we use it and see if we can use more detailed discussion about it. Clean eating, yes, it's an easy word to describe eating foods, you know, whatever our definition is, but could we use more robust descriptions? So that we don't give ammo to people that may not be as secure in their food journey as you are, or just maybe even yourself, right? 
to develop an unhealthy relationship with food. And some of you might be thinking, okay, but Jess, like orthorexia, yeah, that extreme side sounds, yeah, I get that. That's not good. That's not healthy for anyone. But what about people that are just gen, like genuinely interested in taking care of their health through nutrition? Like there's nothing wrong with that. Totally. I agree. It's really orthorexia becomes a problem when it's crowding out other areas of your life. So this is going to bring me to a concept that um, I've adapted from one of my favorite dietitians. Her name's Jessica Setnick. Just amazing leader in the eating disorder world. But it's this idea of positive nutrition versus pathological nutrition. Like an interest in health really is wonderful, right? And actually to some extent necessary, but it can become dangerous when it crowds out other areas of your life that are important to you or it masks worries that can't be solved by food. So when nutrition is positive, it's going to be expansive. It fuels you. It lights you up. When nutrition is pathological, it's going to isolate you, stress you out, drag you down. I just had someone message me on Instagram that said, Jess, I've just discovered intuitive eating. I used to count macros and it added so much stress to my life. And I'm so glad I finally gave it up. Like, hallelujah, me too, girl. But that's an example. Her macro counting was pathological because it didn't add to her life. So just to expand upon that, positive nutrition is going to um, allow for enjoyment of food of many aspects of a balanced life. So so enjoying food that makes your body feel fueled and energized, but then also enjoying food that maybe doesn't always make you feel good, but you're having like pizza with Friday night with your friends. Positive nutrition is going to promote a feeling of accomplishment, yet allow you to be flexible. And I talk a lot about like balancing discipline and permission and that's going to be in the positive nutrition realm pathological nutrition really seeks health but it's deteriorating because it impairs your functioning so it's going to cut out major food groups it's going to ask you to avoid certain food groups at all costs so like even if you're on a road trip and the only foods are you know the cheetos it's like you will refuse to even have one Cheeto, even if your little boy says, hey, can you try this? Pathological nutrition is going to cause isolation, interfere with relationships, like you can't go to happy hour with your friends. It's going to view food as a source of fear and danger that must be controlled. And at the heart of pathological nutrition, it's that your definition of a successful eating day is dependent on your adherence to food rules. Mistakes are unacceptable when you're living in a pathological nutrition mindset versus when you're in the positive nutrition mindset you feel accomplished and you have these feelings of flexibility so I want to give you some different areas to evaluate your food exclusion so if you're one of those people that's like I eat clean by excluding these foods I just want to invite you to walk on this journey with me to decide if this food exclusion is something that is positive or pathological so from a nutritious standpoint you can stay well nourished without this food okay that's positive nutrition now if you can't like you you by you cutting out this food you're actually cutting out a specific nutrient that you need and you can't get from elsewhere so I'll give you an example if you've decided to be a vegan awesome if you cannot figure out how to get your protein in from non-animal sources there's a chance that might be more of a pathological nutrition discussion or nutrition decision. 
I mean, I've met vegans that come in my office and say, hey, Jess, I've decided to be vegan. I think it aligns with my ethical values. I need to work on getting more protein. Help me figure that out. Okay, that's positive because we're working towards a solution to keep you nutritionally balanced. But if it's a method of cutting out a food group, mm -mm, sorry, that's pathological. Is this food exclusion relevant to your life? So excluding it makes sense in your current situation. Or are you excluding it because of a trend, a celebrity, a past diet? You heard someone say this is a bad food and you can't have it. If it's based on trends, celebrities, anything outside of your own body, your own capacity, your own situation, girlfriend, it's pathological. Next one is capacity. Are you prepared to exclude it completely without shame? Positive nutrition. Or do you have cheat days, binge eat, or eat differently with others? This is like the people that are saying, I don't eat carbs, but then are, you know, grabbing the bag of the potato chips in the pantry when no one's looking. That is probably more of a path, no, that is a pathological nutrition decision when you cut out carbs, but you're binge eating them at night. Flexibility. Are you prepared for the occasional glitch? Are you prepared to sprinkle in flexibility when needed? Like I, the road trip example. If that feels okay and doesn't stress you out, awesome. That's a positive decision to exclude that food. Or do you feel like you have to punish yourself for making a mistake and straying from your food rules? Do you feel like you're a failure? It's an unsuccessful eating day. You can make yourself sick just from having these foods. That's going to be more pathological. If you are in the positive nutrition mindset, you can still have other activities and interests. If you are in more of a pathological nutrition mindset, you obsess about food, you're eating it, it's ruining other parts of your life, you're saying no to happy hour, you're not having the cake with your kid on the birthday party, your intermittent fasting is running your schedule, you're waking up Monday morning thinking, I did a terrible job over the weekend, now I have to punish myself for the next two days. Guys, that's pathological nutrition. And then finally, what's the result? Excluding this food improves my mood. It lights me up. It makes me feel better. I have more energy. I sleep better. Positive nutrition. If excluding this food makes you anxious, sick, depressed, scared, you want it, you're jealous, your friends order it, and you say, hey, can I have a bite? You sneak it. (laughs) Pathological nutrition. I want to invite you guys to use this process, like evaluate your reason for excluding, quote, unclean foods from a nutritional, relevant, capacity-driven, flexibility, balance, and result standpoint to decide if you eating this clean way is positive or if it's pathological. And that'll really help us, I think, stay away from this orthorexic mindset and this orthorexic problem that we're starting to see in our culture. Furthermore, this is going to give you all language to have more robust discussions about food. So I want to invite you next time somebody says, how do you eat? Instead of saying, and I'm going to do this too, well, I like to eat really clean food and I feel better when I eat clean. Let's try saying something like, oh, I feel so good when I wake up with enough time to put intentionality into my food choices and I can eat things that are balanced with color from fruits and veggies or have adequate protein in the morning. Like that makes me feel good and empowered versus when I 
don't have time and I'm like shoveling a pool of cereal in the car while I drive my kids to school and drop them off hopefully not late that didn't happen to me just kidding that definitely happened to me (laughs) but instead of saying like oh that's clean versus not clean let's say let's use the language like I put intention into my food I feel better when I have fresh food when I have food that I've spent time cooking like that's a whole different language than just saying clean so again I am one of those people that says that word so totally guilty here But I just want to invite us to think beyond that because this is where we're going to see a culture shift. I mean, we have a culture that is obsessed with looking a certain way, health being embodied in a specific body type, and anyone that hasn't done the work and feel confident in who they are, they are set up, I think, to grab on to things like clean eating. And it's a rabbit hole, and it's a rabbit hole that can very quickly lead to orthorexia which can eventually turn into anorexia. And if we're going to be agents of change and build a better world for our kids, our nieces, the next generation, we're going to need to spend time adjusting our language and adjusting our thoughts and how we promote food and how we talk about food and bring more of an education-based discussion rather than the quick fix. So ladies, I hope that was helpful for you today. Is clean eating a thing? Sure. But it's different for everybody. So let's see if we can have better discussions around it so that we are creating empowered eaters and we're not we're not triggering fear in anyone. So I'm gonna challenge myself to not use the words clean eating, and I wanna invite you to do the same. Ladies, it is such an honor to be here with you and to walk with you in this journey. I wanna thank you all for listening and you have felt blessed by this podcast or this has helped you in your journey the best thing you can do to thank me is subscribe leave a review and then take a screenshot of this and share it on your social media every single time I hear from one of you it fuels my fire and it just brings me so much joy so I want to thank you for that and if you share it I will then share your story and we can share the love together I hope you all have a wonderful day cheers and happy eating